2: Back in April 2012, Myra Contreras began to find, feel uneasy after not hearing from her daughter for a couple of days. The two were very close. Thirty-one year old Arlette lived in the family home from time to time with her two young sons. Worried that something may have happened, Myra called her daughter. Although there was no answer, she soon received a text message from message from Arlette explaining she and the boys were busy having fun on a family trip. Relieved, Myra thought nothing of it. Not until it was revealed the messages were not written by her daughter. Arlett, her name is Contreras, who was born in nineteen eighty, moved to the United States from Mexico with her family in the early two thousands. Other than that, next to nothing is known about Arlet's life, her hopes, and her dreams. But according to her mother, Myra Contreras, everything changed when Arlette met a man named Shazer Lemus in California through an office cleaning business. The relationship between the pair quickly got serious, there was reportedly even talk about marriage. But the pair's love story turned sour as soon as Arlette found out she was pregnant in early 2010. Although Arlette was very discreet and didn't share all her problems with Shazer, with her family it was clear everything wasn't alright when the young woman moved back to her mother's place during the pregnancy. After the birth of her son Fernando on December fourteenth, 2010, Arlette returned to Shazir's Chaser's two-bedroom apartment in Orange, but the cycle repeated itself when 31-year-old Arlet became pregnant again just months later. Once again, the young mother packed her things and moved in with her mother. The pair's second son, Emmanuel, was born on January 24, 2012. Myra later shared that Chaser didn't show up at the hospital when Arlet was in labor, not the first time and not the second. Apparently. Chaser um, Cherez, I mean, excuse me, a manager for a commercial cleaning supply company, worked a lot, but he was also extremely cold with the children. Still, Arlet eventually returned to Shazer with their two young sons around March twenty twelve, hoping things would get better and the four would live together as a family. But sadly, that was never going to happen. Sometime around April twenty. 20- 21, Shazer and Arlet were again having problems, and she and the children left the apartment in orange. On April 12th, Arlette called both her mother and the police, saying that she had attempted to retrieve her belongings from Shazer's flat, but he was preventing her from doing so by changing the locks on the door and not letting her in. However, when officers responded to the call, they were unable to find any of Arlet's belongings inside the apartment. After an argument with her on and off boyfriend, Arlet took Fernando and Emmanuel and left. That was the last time anyone saw the three again. A couple of days later, Myra began to grow concerned that she had not heard from her daughter. All of the calls went unanswered, but she did receive a text message from Marlet explaining everything was fine and that she was on vacation with with, uh, Shazer and the boys. A bit confused, but satisfied with the reply, Myra went on with her days without worrying too much. It wasn't until the police showed up at her workplace in May, that Myra learned something was seriously wrong. While the strange message from Arlette claimed Shazer was on a trip with his family, he had still managed to suddenly empty his apartment in Orange on April 28th. Breaking the lease alone wasn't what raised suspicions, but an alarming discovery made by a cleaning crew. When the workers stepped into the apartment, they were greeted by a terrible smell and blood spatters on the walls and ceilings. As they noticed bleach stains on the carpet, the cleaning crew pulled it up and uncovered the big pools of blood big enough to suggest the person who had bled there was no longer alive. Fearing the worst, the police began searching for the family and were soon able to locate Chaser in an office industrial area near John Wayne Airport on May 3rd. But instead of agreeing to speak to uh, with authorities, Chaser sped away, causing a high-speed see- high chase on a freeway that only ended after the police used a spike strip. After stopping his Nissan 350Z near the San Clemente Border Patrol checkpoint, Chazer sat in his car for half an hour before he was finally detained. There was no doubt in anyone's mind that this man knew what had happened to his girlfriend and two sons, but as Shazer refused to tell where his family was, the investigators continued their search by contacting neighboring counties. Soon, it was learned Arlette Hernandez-Contreras was no longer missing. About a week before Shazer's arrest on April 25th, workers in an industriate industrial area in La Puente, discovered a badly decomposed body of a Hispanic woman in the gutter, covered by a tarp. An autopsy determined that the woman had been stabbed 48 times, suggesting a crime of passion. Some had been angry enough to keep stabbing, likely after the victim was already dead. Due to lack of identification, the woman lay for several days in the LA County morgue as a Jane Doe, before it was realized she matched the description of Arlet Hernandez-Contreras. The fingerprints later confirmed the identity, and although the authorities now knew the horrifying fate of the young mother, they had still not found any signs of Fernando and Emmanuel. Before we continue this story, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Skillshare. Step into the vibrant, vibrant world of Skillshare, where the journey of learning and creativity begins at your fingertips. Imagine the possibilities as you browse through thousands of online classes in photography, graphic design.
0: Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer
1: not available in washington dc what's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket outsourcing business tasks you hate what about selling with shopify
2: Writing, film, and editing, and more, all available to you from the comfort of your home. With Skillshare, you're not merely taking a course, you're embracing a community of curious minds and passionate souls eager to explore and grow together. Whether you're seeking to enhance your professional skills, discover a new hobby, or ignite your creative spark, Skillshare offers a haven for your aspirations. Experience the thrill of learning from industry leaders and seasoned professionals. Begin your adventure. Now at Skillshare.com and unlock a world of learning that awaits you. With Skillshare, every day is an opportunity to turn curiosity into achievement and passion into action.
0: Just use the link in the description and sign up today. Now on to part two of our story. Despite the fact that the boys were still missing,
2: 31-year-old Shazer... Lemus was charged with their murders in addition to the stabbing of his girlfriend. While Shazer refused to tell the police where he had taken Fernando and Emmanuel, the authorities had every reason to believe the boys had also been killed. The authorities continued searching for Fernando and Emmanuel, but all their efforts, including using cadaver-sniffing dogs at the Bray landfill, were in vain. Soon days turned into weeks, weeks into the months, and months to years, without the bodies of the two little boys ever being found. It took over a decade for the triple murder trial to finally start on November 14th, 2022. During his opening statement, Shazer Lemus, defense attorney, acknowledged that his client is responsible for the stabbing of 31-year-old Arlet, but had nothing to do with the death of the pair's two sons. However, it became very clear that Shazer never wanted to be a father in the first place. According to the deputy district attorney, probably butchering his name, Mena Gyrgis, Sheriz had allegedly said, quote, I hate her. I wish she did not have those kids. And Arlet is ruining my life. I wish she was gone. During the trial, Chaser was described as a womanizer who routinely cheated on a woman in his life and lied about having children. Many of the arguments between the pair was caused by its infidelity and the fact that Arlet often showed up when Chaser was with other women to confront him. The defense attorney claimed that Arlet was increasingly disturbed and obsessed with Shazer and didn't accept he didn't want to be with her anymore. The defense also told the jury Arlette had allegedly threatened to hurt herself or her children, and that she, quote, ultimately followed through with these threats and it resulted in her own death. In other words, Shazer claimed that he had stabbed Arlet forty-eight times after she had first killed Fernando and Emmanuel. But if that was the truth, why Shazer had not told the authorities where the bodies of the two boys were. In turn, the prosecution believed the murders were a result of an incredibly selfish man's attempt to be free of re- responsibilities, including from paying child support. According to the prosecution, Arlett and her sons were murdered sometime between April 14th. On the fact that on the night of April 14th, Shazer called his other girlfriend saying he had injured his hand in a fight. He later checked into a hospital and received treatment using another person's name. Chaser's defense claimed the wound was a result of him grabbing a knife in Arlett's hand, while the prosecution believed he hurt himself while stabbing her 48 times. Disturbingly, the prosecution told the jury that Chaser most likely left Arlett's body on this apartment's balcony for 10 days before disposing of it at the known trash dumping site. The forensic evidence, including the blood, proved that Arlett died inside the flat but the prosecution didn't mention what they believed happened to Fernando and Emmanuel. While his on-and-off girlfriend's body lay in the balcony closet, Shazer continued with his life as if nothing happened. During that time, Shazer was also seen getting rid of his children's clothing, a high chair, and strollers, in addition to moving furniture around in his apartment and hiring a friend to clean up bloody stains. And when Myra Contreras began calling her daughter's phone, it was Shazer who texted her back impersonating Arlet. Chaser had his girlfriend's phone with him at the time of his arrest. Finally, on April 24th, Chaser used a rental U-Haul to move at least Arlitt's body, which was placed into a large chest, to the industrial area in Los Angeles County. Afterward, Chaser drove another 100 miles. GPS tracking showed he went up to the mountains. While it's possible that this is when Chaser disposed of the bodies of his two sons, who would be 10 and 11 years old today, remain missing. But despite the fact we do not know for sure what happened to the boys, it took the jury only three hours on December fourteenth, twenty twenty-two, to find forty-two-year-old Chaser Fernando guilty of all three murders: thirty-one-year-old Arlet Contreras, sixteenth-month-old Fernando uh, Lemus, and three-month-old Emmanuel Lemus. The sentencing hearing was scheduled for February third, twenty twenty-three, where he received three. Five sentences. After ten years of waiting, Arlett's family had finally received justice, but there but there will not be a real closure before Fernando and Emmanuel have been brought home. Fortunately, after a decade of silence, it is possible Shazer and Lemus will never reveal what he did to his son. And that is our episode of Murder Monday, but we'd like to also introduce a new segment to doing serial killer trivia. So this week, this question, today's question, or this week's question, or today's question, depending on how we do it, which serial killer of boys, young and men, tried to turn his victims into zombies by drilling holes in their heads while they were still alive and injecting hydrochloric acid or boiling water into their brains? Was it Ted Bundy, Dennis Rader, Jeffrey Dahmer, or Harold Shipman?
0: Let us know in the comments section below. And good luck. And finally, before we go, don't forget to support the channel.
2: Hit that subscribe button. Give us a thumbs up if you like our channel. Um, Comment below. Let us know your thoughts on this case. And of course, if you want to support the channel financially, you can buy us a coffee at buymecoffee.com/tcns. As always, thank you so much for watching and listening. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. Thank you for listening. You can follow us on Facebook at True Crime Never Sleeps podcast and on Twitter at True Crime NS. And follow us on Instagram at True Crime Never Sleeps. Thanks for watching. If you want to support the show, Buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash TCNN. Or become a patron at patreon.com slash True Crime Never Sleeps.
0: BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then...